Diving touchdown catch is made, and the Packers have won. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. An unbelievable finish. Your dagger! No, 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 no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger! Woof. All right, guys. <laughs> well, it's no secret. Aaron Rodgers is potentially done for the season and it's going to be very hard to remain positive throughout this podcast in light of that news oh my god it, it seems like the other like last couple years ago when uh when Jordy went down I jokingly said it's like a relative died because you just see 87s pop up everywhere I mean that couldn't be further from the truth I live in Green Bay and getting coffee in the morning everybody's pissed everybody's mopey it's just an odd feeling when some the only reliable person in this on this team supposedly is now done and you have another 10 12 what 12 weeks of the NFL season without potentially without Aaron Rodgers it's going to be it's going to be kind of weird to watch the games but like i said i'm going to try and remain positive all the time on this podcast and here's some reasons why the main takeaway from the Vikings game, um, with Hun- in Hunley's concern, obviously he didn't play great. He had 18 for 33, 150 or so yards, touchdown, and three picks. The three picks, two of them for sure being his fault, and one, you, you can make the argument two of them, you know, could have gone either way with the tip ball. The well, well, one could have gone either way, and that was was his fault. I mean, he threw the ball poorly. And it got tipped up. Granted, that ball could have gone either way, like I said. But the other one across the middle to the safety, he just misread that. There was no no argument for that. You know, he it could have gone either way. He was it was a bad read by him, and the safety was right there. Easy pick. I mean, it was a good catch, but it was an easy pick. And then towards the end of the game, overthrew Devontae Adams, and end of the game essentially. Well, not essentially. He did in the in the game which I was fine with at that point. Just get the game over with. <laughs> Obviously, my point is that he didn't play very well. Didn't give Packers fans much hope. One of the main things I said, though, after that game, one, he came in relief, and 
you're not ever preparing for your number one quarterback to go down, especially with the Packers. I doubt very seriously that Brett Hundley gets many reps with the first team. I think he even said in a press conference after the game he gets zero. So he never even practiced with that receiving core, those tight ends, the running backs. I mean, it was pretty evident on the play calling that they were trying to hand the ball off and just kind of wind the clock out a little bit. Even on that last drive, hit, hit hits Devontae Adams on a couple of nice outs. Looked okay up until the end, but he started to get a little bit more comfortable and got that comfort back, and it was it was nice to see. He's not a terrible player. I don't understand why these people are losing their minds this morning about getting Romo or getting Kaepernick or getting something. It's like, that's not going to help anything. you got to stick with your guy. These same people were saying you should trade Hundley for a second-round pick. Now, if he's worth a second-round pick, you would think that he has some some sort of skill. If, if another team thinks he's worth a second-round pick, that's not someone that's going to ride the bench. That person is expected to play. Brett Hundley has, is more than capable, I believe. But here's the thing. What I said right away was, you go in and prepare. Your playbook is such that, especially the way the Packers run the sideline, Aaron Rodgers is fitting these balls into... 12-inch windows, very, very short windows, and that's the way the play's drawn up. Jeremy and I talked about it in the last podcast. It's impossible to defend that sideline throw that Aaron Rodgers makes. Once Brett Hundley's in there, you can't expect anybody on the planet to make those throws, let alone a guy who hasn't prepared whatsoever. So, just take that into it. You know, with a weekend, he'll be able to prepare all week, because Rodgers is not playing. <laughs> we got to get that through our heads. At this point, it's better to just get this over with. No mourning if you're a Packers fan, a hardcore Packers fan. You got to support that number seven. Personally, <laughs> in some ways it's not nice. Obviously, I don't want to be hyperbolic here. But in some ways it's nice because now I have zero expectations for the rest of the year. And I can watch the game comfortably and not have any games that we're expected to win, quote-unquote. So just, you know, sit back and watch the backup play. And one of the main things that I wanted to address was all the people around the world, not just Packer fans, every Packer fan that gets extra upset when a player is injured in the preseason. I heard it ad nauseum when Jordy Nelson went down two years ago. Happen in a meaningless game. Happen in a meaningless game. You know what? All injuries suck. <laughs> doesn't matter. Does it feel better that Rodgers got hurt in a meaningful game? No, it doesn't. No one prepares for it. It's something that happens during the league, especially this last week. I mean, Christ, you see three of the arguable faces of their position go down within a week. You got OBJ out in New York, might be the face of the league for the wide receivers. You can make an argument. J.J. Watt, for sure face of the league defensively, and Aaron Rodgers face of the league offensively. I mean, there's a legitimate argument that all three of those players, I mean, it's just just as devastating for all those teams. Not quite as devastating for the Packers just because, like I said in the beginning of the podcast a few episodes ago, that with the current state of the team, without Aaron Rodgers, this team's probably 6-10. and 10. I mean, let's just not, let's not make any bones about it. This is not... A team that's this team that's built around that that man number twelve, with the assumption that he's going to make every player around him better. 
And that's, I mean, that's why you pay him. That's why he makes his money. But unfortunately now, this is Brett Hundley's team for at least the foreseeable future. Ian Rappaport tweeted out this morning, which gave kind of a little bit of hope. You know, at 8.05, he tweeted out on October 16th, depending on what time you're listening to this. He tweeted out that there is a chance Aaron Rodgers comes back by the end of the year. And I think a physician, a team physician, I forget his name, at the, regardless, said that this is a typically an 8-10 to 10 week injury. Early as he can come back, week 14, against the Browns. So, that glimmer of hope. I mean, it could be anything with that report, oh, he's out for the season. That could have mean a reporter walking up to Mike McCarthy or whatever the team physician saying, could Aaron Rodgers be out for the rest of the year? Yeah, there's a chance. That's all it might be. So let's not overreact. Let's see what the thing says on Wednesday when the injury report comes out. I mean, I'm sitting here preparing that Rodgers is out for the regular season at the, at the minimum. Now, if he goes on, on IR, they have two spots left, I believe. He's eligible to return week 14. So... With that, I'm going to say, let's say hypothetically Aaron Rodgers comes back week 15 against the Carolina Panthers. Their schedule is not an insane schedule. It's not like you got the Chiefs, the Patriots, another Falcons matchup, maybe even Seattle. It's not like they have a crazy schedule. I think Brett Hundley is going to be more than capable going forward, especially after the bye week, if we can get a bit healthier, to, to lead this team better than 500. He's not a bad player. I don't like these people. That, you got to give him a chance. Okay, and I'll, get, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But let's just go through the schedule. Saints next week. I'm going to say that's a loss. So Packers are now 4-3. and three. Okay, you got the bye week. That's two more weeks to prepare against the Lions at home. Packers have had their number, and, you know, it's looking like the Lions were not as world beaters as what they originally showed. So we'll say that's a win. Okay, now you're at 5-3. and three. At the Bears, I'll say that's another win. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a believer in Mitch Trubisky just yet. I don't think he's a bad player, but I'm not a believer in him yet. I'm going to say that's a W. So you're at 6-3. and three. Against the Ravens at home. I'll even say that's a W. 7-3. and three. Pittsburgh on the road. I'll say that's a loss. 7-4. and four. Tampa Bay at home. This could go either way. Let's just say hypothetically that's a loss. 7-5. and five. At the Browns, the Browns are a dumpster fire again. Even with Brett Hundley at quarterback, I'm going to say that's a win. 8-5. and five. So now, that eyeing that Week 15 return against Carolina, at Carolina, which is not going to be an easy game, but Aaron Rodgers does not win. He, he wins harder games. Okay? you got three games left to finish the season 11-5 and five with a back, backup quarterback for at least eight weeks. That's not, you know, grounds, in my opinion, to just chuck in the season. I mean, these players are professionals. He he's not. He didn't get drafted in the NFL to be a backup quarterback his whole life. You got to also look at his mindset. This guy, this is his chomping. He's chomping at the bit for this. 
If he plays well these eight weeks, look at Matt Flynn. That man signed, what, a $30 million contract? Three years, $30 million, something to that effect when he signed with Seattle? Because of one game in garbage time against a bad Lions team where he threw six touchdowns? With a team that went 15-1? and one? He got a huge contract. This, this is this guy's career. Brett Hundley, this is, this is a good sample size to show the rest of the league. He's not going to half-ass this. He's going to do everything it takes to prepare and try and win some games. It's not lost yet. The season is not lost yet. I have something that I said I was going to touch on. Relief games are not players' best friends, as I said before, because you game plan 100% for one player. I'm just going to say a couple stats, okay? Here's one. 5 of 10, 46 yards. One rush, nine yards. 46 quarterback rating, lost 10 to 3 in relief of a major player. 0 for 4, one sack, 11 yards in relief in a blowout, in a blowout loss. Nine or 3 for 9, 33 yards, one sack, three yards lost. Lost 17 to 31 in relief. 18 to 33, 157, one touchdown, three picks, lost 10 to 23. Now, those stats were three potentially Hall of Fame players coming in relief. The third one is up for debate. I personally think he's a Hall of Famer, but first one was Tom Brady in relief of Drew Bledsoe against the Jets. Five of 10, 46 yards, one rush, nine yards, and they lost 10 to three. It's not like the game was out of hand. 10 to three is a very winnable game, obviously. The next one was... Brett Favre in relief in a blowout loss. Okay, so you can't look too much into that. But that was his first game. His first game was not Kittrick Taylor touchdown, where he did play very well. But over three, two picks, one sack, 11 yards. That was a blowout loss. That and The next one was Eli Manning in relief of, I think it was Kurt Warner. I'm not 100% sure on this. I got to look up more, but... 3 of 9, 33 yards, 1 sack, 3 yards lost, 17 to 31. Another very winnable game. And the last one was obviously Brett Hundley, 18 for 33, 157, 1 touchdown, 3 picks. Now these next two are first starts as a rookie, game 1. Ben Roethlisberger went 12 for 20, 176, 2 touchdowns, 2 picks, lost 13 to 30. Another Hall of Famer who had an entire offseason to prepare to be the start opening day starter. Now this one, take with a grain of salt because it was a 1-15 team, but Peyton Manning, 21 for 37, 302 yards, one touchdowns, three picks, four sacks for 29 yards lost, zero rushing yards, lost the game 15-24, to 24, another winnable game. You can't, what I'm saying, I'm not saying Brett Hundley is going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's even going to be a starter in the NFL. But to look at one game where he had zero time to prepare against an extremely injury-riddled team. And I don't want to say that as an excuse. No one's going to feel sorry for the Packers. But look at the injury list. Your Pro Bowl left tackle, or right tackle, Brian Bulaga, out with a concussion, did not return. Bakhtiari, another Pro Bowl left tackle, one of the best top three in the game. Another hamstring injury. Quentin Rollins, great run stopper, out. That's a defensive player, obviously, but... Lane Taylor, out. Potentially a knee issue. 
probably an ankle issue. He got rolled up on pretty bad. So you don't, you know, you might be without your starting left guard, your starting left tackle, your starting right tackle, and then Corey Lindsley and Jari Evans. Corey Lindsley was has been established, so your center is established, but your right guard is still only playing his eighth game or sixth game with with that team this year. It's not like he's been playing bad. He's obviously been playing just just fine, but Aaron Rodgers out. Devon House out, Kevin King out, Joe Thomas out, Morgan Burnett out. You're talking about a completely depleted team against a not bad Vikings team. Case Keenum is doing just fine this year with, with that team. They have a very good defense. Hundley was running for his damn life on every snap of the ball. I mean, you got two guys that were playing tackles during that game that weren't even on this team. We're on any team two weeks ago. They were on a practice squad and get thrown in there. And now those are foreseeably your starting right and left tackles. And now you can't even put Lane Taylor at left guard or left tackle. So it's a good thing we got against the Saints who don't have a crazy good pass rush just to see what he can do with time. And I believe with time, Brett Hundley is a very good player. You saw glimpses of it against the Vikings, even when he was running around for his life. I think you got to do a lot of rollouts. You got to try to establish the run early and just relax, <laughs> as Aaron Rodgers says. Going forward, we were just talking about Aaron, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery. You got two safety nets now. Aaron Jones looked good again against the good Vikings team. Yeah, he didn't have the crazy stats to back it up, but. There was a few cuts where he's a very patient runner. He's a guy you can rely on, I believe, going forward. And let's not forget, Brett Hundley was in discussion of a Heisman Trophy as a not primarily running quarterback. He is very athletic. But come on, let's give the guy a chance. Let's not just throw the towel in. Are you still going to watch the games? Are you still going to cheer for the Packers? Why not be positive about it? It sucks. Obviously, you lose one of the, probably the best player on the planet right now. One of the phases of the league, you lose. Doesn't mean the season's over. Packers still have to play. They're not going to quit. And I listened to quite a bit of terrestrial radio driving home last night after the game. And this morning, everybody's calling in saying, we should go sign Tony Romo. We should go sign Colin Kaepernick and throw him in there. I don't believe Colin Kaepernick is the answer to this team going forward. I, if I had a choice between Romo, Kaepernick, or Hunley, I'd probably start Hunley going off of the fact that neither one of those guys have the playbook. Now, should I? would I be against signing Colin Kaepernick? Absolutely not. I think Colin Kaepernick gives you a better chance to win than Joe Callahan. And I think every absolutely should bring him in. It'd be a decent safety net. And you're talking about things that you can run with his legs. The playbook is not designed for a, a running quarterback like him. Tony Romo, <laughs> I just don't see it happening, but I would probably have him as my number one option to back up Hunley. I just don't think you're going to pry him away from the, his job right now with a team that's got a depleted offensive line now if a team maybe like the cowboys uh, whatever but or the 
even the Falcons, someone like that. Matt Ryan goes down, Dak Prescott goes down, Tom Brady goes down. Yeah, Tony Romo's going to field calls. Even as good of a story as it would make with Tony Romo being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, I just don't foresee it happening. He's not going to want to come back and take hits. He's going to want a cushy job if he want, if he's going to come back in the NFL. So let's get that out of the heads. I believe the Packers will make a move. I don't know for what or for who. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks available. Otherwise, they'd be on a roster. He might, they might go try and sign Taysom Hill again. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but you know, that's more of a Packers MO type of move. Go out and sign a guy that's semi-familiar with the playbook. Even maybe Scott Tolzien, but I just do not want to see that be the case. <laughs> so, so let's just get out of our minds that we're going to have some savior come in and take this team over and go to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl with Tony Romo as the quarterback. It's not going to happen. Maybe it will, I guess. I can always stay positive. I would love to see Tony Romo in a Packers uniform. I've always been a big fan of his, even though I'm not a huge Cowboy fan. But let's relax, okay? Some of the other parts of the game, let's without, you know, I'm not going to keep this too long of a podcast. It'll be fairly short. But the defense is starting going forward, Pipkins and Hawkins, with, Rollins, or I mean Randall, rather, in the slot. With Kentrell Bryce and Marwin Evans playing significant time, and Josh Jones being your foreseeable leader of the secondary. A guy who's a second-round pick is now pretty much your leader of the secondary outside of Ha Clinton Dix. So you got Josh Jones, rookie, Josh Hawkins, Second-year undrafted free agent. Lindsey Pipkins. Another undrafted free agent. I mean, at this point... And then they still got two turnovers. One a great pick by Clay Matthews. Or fumble recovery. Basically looked like an interception. Bounced off the ground right into his arms. Demarius Randall, another interception. This game... Th- with all that happening, Aaron Rodgers going out in the first quarter. Even with Aaron Rodgers, this is a game, this game is not an easy game to win. You're only you only lose by what 13, 23 to 10. Defense held up for the most part on short fields. Held them to only two touchdowns, kicked three field goals, two big big returns. Clay was a little frustrating because I feel like he was slowing down, waiting for the blocks and. Didn't really realize what was happening behind him, but regardless, you know, Brett Hundley looked good on one drive, ends on, unfortunately, ends in a pick, throws a touchdown, seems that Devontae Adams is his number one target, and with another week, they're going to be on the same page. Not not quite like Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but no one's like Aaron Rodgers. So let's get that out of our heads to try and use Aaron Rodgers as a measuring stick. And just like that, I'm right back on <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Brett. I mean, it's hard not to. That that's the way this team goes forward. They relies on number seven's back at this point. Unfortunately, he's in a bad situation too. This team is depleted. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Don't overreact to the three picks. That stuff happens. 
with anybody in the NFL. Let's look ahead to the Saints. You still got Blake Martinez playing his ass off. Mike Daniels playing his ass off. Clay Matthews is looking pretty solid this year. He's on the verge of another pro bowler. He's going to be another pro bowler, I believe. Nick Perry seems to have lost a step with that hand. I know it's a step in a hand, whatever. But he's not as dominating as he as he could be. And Jake Ryan is solid. This is not a bad team. I was wrong when I thought this was a 6-10 and 10 team without Aaron Rodgers. I... There's talent around them. And let's not forget it. Ahmad Brooks missed this game as well. And he was looking pretty solid for the team. So, going forward, Brett Hundley led Green Bay Packers. I believe, say it here, will go 11-5, and make the playoffs, just in time for Aaron Rodgers to return, lead this team on a crazy Super Bowl run, and we're holding the Lombardi Trophy. Stunts start crying. We get to see what it's like to not have stellar quarterback play for twenty-five the last 25 years or so. Just give it a chance. It's not 2013. You don't have Scott Tolzien in his first year or Seneca Wallace back there. Or Matt Flynn. I, I think we're in decent hands with number seven. I don't. Everything I've seen, he's very, very poised back there. He held questions like a man in the press conference. Yeah, he threw three picks. We understand. It sucks. He's not going to stop. No one else is coming through that door going to save this franchise. It's on him. He's 24 years old. He's got his whole career ahead of him. And this is this is his tryout for the rest of the NFL. Because I don't believe the Packers are holding on to him. He's either going to walk in free agency in two years or we're going to trade him on the offseason. Now... Let's see what he does. Let's let it happen, Packer Nation. And all right, I'm out. Hopefully, now that the Bucks season has started, I'll be able to do a week or every other week podcast in the Bucks. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers up to number five in the coaches poll today, which was pretty solid to see. I realize I say solid quite a bit, but I don't really care. We got we got 11 more weeks the NFL season. Don't shut it off. Still going to be fun. And let's see what happens. Thanks for listening. Peace out.